This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. I'm Dr. Elliot Berlin, host of the Informed Pregnancy Podcast, where each week we interview experts, celebrities, new and expecting parents, and search for unbiased information on the most pressing topics for growing families. Check out our expansive and growing library on the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're on the Pod Network and all major podcast apps, or visit us online at informedpregnancy.com. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome back to another birth story. Before we dive into that, ways you can connect with us, get in touch with us, support the show. First of all, I am loving seeing the pictures out there in social media world of all of you wearing your doing it at home gear, tagging us in your posts and your stories. It is just so exciting and fills our hearts with so much joy to see you out there repping the doing it at home, the D-I-A-H pride. Um, So if you want to get in on that action, go to the shop, go Go to the website. It's in the show notes, um, a bonfire page. It's also through our website. So if you go to diahpodcast.com, you'll see a link there to our shop where you can peruse all of the cool styles and graphics and sizes and colors, all the things. So go there, do that. Also, how you can listen to the show. First of all, if you're not subscribed, do that so you don't miss a single episode. But you can listen to us in pretty much any platform, starting with Parents on Demand. That is the network that we are a part of. They have an app for iOS and Android, so you can download that, Parents on Demand, or go to their website, parentsondemand.com. Also, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, our website, all of the ways you can listen to a podcast is how you can listen to us. Okay. Okay, I think that's enough there. Um, I'm going to give you a few details on today's birth story, um, but I don't want to spoil it because there's a lot of cool things. We're chatting with Becca Corin, and we 
first of all, Becca lives in Hawaii. So aloha to all of our Hawaii doing it at home friends and family and fans and listeners. Mahalo. And for those of you who aren't in Hawaii and wish you were right now, <laughs> listen in because it's a great conversation. First of all, a pregnancy that seemingly a miracle and then a home birth path that wasn't the most straight and narrow. There were some twists and turns and surprises and bumps along the way. However, a home birth that as Becca describes it, like she was tripping on ecstasy in the jungle. So I don't know about you, but I would want to hear more about a birth that is described as such. Um, But we get into a couple of other really cool things like um, political policies and such around home birth in Hawaii. Um, Her experience of going through tantric healing as she was pregnant and preparing for birth and just all sorts of juicy, awesome stuff. So super grateful to Becca for sharing her story with us. The birth of her son, Liev Rue. Here it is. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, Becca. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? We are awesome. Thank you so much for joining (laughs) us again. And I love that we're having some laughs early on because I just messed up like a minute ago. We had to redo this. Blooper style. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) we're here. Yeah. Thanks for flowing with us, Becca. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. So, Becca, why don't you kick us off with telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. So um, my family and I live in Maui, Hawaii, where um, I am currently falling between being a stay-at-home mom with my son, Leah Bru, and um, teaching yoga still. I was a full-time yoga instructor when I got pregnant. Um, And my husband is um, working on the beach. So we're kind of like beach-loving, island-style people that landed in Hawaii after several years of traveling the world and living in uh, different islands throughout Asia and the Middle East as well. So I've been in Hawaii like three years now. All of that sounds so freaking cool. Yeah, we're going to have a separate conversation (laughs) about all of that. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. So how did, when you became pregnant, you said you're a full-time yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. What was some of the, because there's some stuff that came along with when you found out you were pregnant and a little bit of that. So can you paint that picture for us? Tell that um, part of the story. Yeah. So I was hired um, by a company out here um, to teach yoga for a very big hotel chain. I was like their resident instructor, which sounds like the dream job, but actually, um, in actuality was really stressful on my like body and soul. I was teaching somewhere around like 37 classes a week and, um, plus doing privates. And I ended up getting like a whole bunch of health issues that popped up, um, during that time. Uh, they were kind of like at the time, mystery health issues that seemed to arrive after I had done like some training in India in the winter of like 2017. 
Um, and I did pick up an amoeba in India. So I think that was like the final straw of my already like compromised immune system. And so um, I was struggling quite a lot in that job just physically with like, uh, like a liver condition that nobody could figure out and like gut issues that nobody could figure out at first and um, like cystic ovaries. And I was, we were trying to get pregnant, like off and on, like for like about a year and a half, but not, it was like trying, but not trying. It was like, well, if it happens, great. Um, but we weren't really like full on going for it, but it just wasn't happening. And around like, the, like summer, fall, when my health issues got really intense, um, I was pretty much told by um, different doctors and gynecologists, they're like, you'll be lucky if you get pregnant even once. Cause I'm, I'm a bit older. I was like 35 at the time. And, um, and so it was just kind of a depressing time. And like, physically I was super run down and, um, I ended up, uh, we took a vacation and <laughs> I must've relaxed or something because we ended up, um, conceiving our baby on vacation, but I had no idea. Um, and when I got back to Hawaii, um, I was like, experiencing what I thought was like a detox of some sort because I had like changed up my diet to try to deal with a lot of my health issues and I was like I had um, been a vegetarian vegan for like 21 years at this point and I had started like eating meat and drinking bone broth because I was just desperate to like improve my condition and I was working with a dietitian who said that would help so I was like wow bone broth makes me so nauseous. Like I was like a couple <laughs> weeks of like pure nausea. I was like, I'm just detoxing so hard. All this vegetarianism out of my system. Wow. And my mom was like, you know, maybe you should check if you're pregnant. I was like, nah, like even the gynecologist was like, you'll be lucky if you have one pregnancy in your lifetime, fix your liver first. And, um, and I was like, well, no, I, I don't think uh, but whatever, I have these old tests around the house because we've been trying for so long. So I'll just take it. And I was like really prepared to see like a negative result. And I took the test and lo and behold, it was positive. But the minute I looked in the toilet bowl, it was like full of blood. So I was like gone in like a split second from like shock celebration to like complete fear and like, Oh my gosh, what is this? So I, um, I got in with a, um, with a specialist at, um, the local like health clinic on the Island. And, um, they confirmed that I was pregnant, got me in for an ultrasound right away and basically told me like, um, this doesn't look like a viable pregnancy. You're having a miscarriage. So, um, I then like, immediately started grieving like it was just very heavy very intense and you know to go from like just found out and now it's gone you know um so I was I was given like a doctor's note to stay home and basically like miscarry the baby and um I took a week and was bleeding like throughout the week and um just it was just a really like painful waiting game like because I I was just watching like my body and just, I felt really disempowered by the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and eventually like by the end of the week, like I was still bleeding. Um, 
but I just was going crazy at home. And I was like, you know what? I want to go back to work. Like I, I need something to distract me. I can't just sit here and like wait for this. Like I, I need to work right now. And so I, I spoke with my manager, kind of clued him into what was going on with me, like told him I was pregnant, told him I was potentially miscarrying, um, but that I really wanted to be at work. And so they said I could come back to work. And I came back, um, taught all my classes in the morning, and then got like pulled out of lunch by my manager, where he um, basically like found a loophole to put me on like a disciplinary probation. Um, and basically like, it was like the corporate way to firing me. So if it was because he found out I was pregnant or like whatever, it was, it was very sketchy. So I was sent home from work and then had like my biggest hemorrhage of all, um, from the stress. And I was certain, like just absolutely certain that like the stress and like my body had like aborted the pregnancy and um I was devastated called the clinic again they got me in right away to see um the ultrasound tech again and my husband and I went like fully prepared to hear that like the pregnancy was like not even there anymore um and they found a little heartbeat like a little (laughs) he looked like a little astronaut like little spongy thing like floating in my uterus with this strong strong heartbeat and everybody was shocked in the room like every single person's jaw dropped and and my husband who like never cries had like tears rolling down his face like there's a heartbeat there's a heartbeat and and so at that moment I was like this job is nothing like like this baby is everything. This pregnancy is everything that I can do. I knew if I had like waited out the pro- the probation I was on and um, if they were like, you can come back and work the busy season. Cause it was like around December at this point, which is really busy. Um, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to survive like just the way that that job was wrecking my body. So I like resigned that day basically and, um, and just moved forward. We ended up leaving that Island um, cause that was a private Island here in Hawaii. And you can't really stay <laughs> if you don't work for the man. So um, mm-hmm. we moved to Maui and I could not like have imagined. I just like the, it was just like the universe gave me a huge shake and like woke me up. And was like time to move, time to get going, and like start this new chapter. And it was, it was amazing. Like once I surrendered to all of it and stopped like fighting for you know the job or or the prestige of the position or any of that stuff. Like I was like, nah, just surrender and like be present with this baby and this body and and what it can do for me. So yeah, so um, that was like the beginning of the pregnancy, and um, I guess that uh, kind of lent itself to like me originally not trusting my body mm. uh, with all that stuff happening. And so when I got to Maui, got my OB on Maui, they actually had me, they said to me like off of that, we support you in any way uh, you choose to give birth except for home birth. So sign this waiver. Mm. 
And if you, if you have a home birth, we will discontinue our care with you. So at that point, like early in the pregnancy, I still wasn't quite secure in my body and, and trusting. Um, I had surrendered, but I wasn't trusting yet. And, um, and I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> like, cool hospital birth it is, you know? And so it was like a journey to get to home birth really. And, and the idea of, um, like fully trusting what I could do with my body and what my baby wanted as well. Yeah. Wow. I I want to I want to pause for a second before we we dig into how you arrived at home birth and just comment mm-hmm. on everything you just shared. For like the past 10 <laughs> minutes, I, I mean, I'm sitting here my 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 eyes are wide, my jaws open because holy shit, Becca. That was <laughs> that was some that was some stuff from everything that you were told. You know, everything you were told by by the doctors, by the folks you were seeing, by the manager at that hotel and Oh my gosh, what a what a what a crazy thing. To then yeah. just the experience of, you know, what your body was going through and the healing that your body was doing and the the releasing that your body was doing all in preparation for this pregnancy that, you know, you were told was impossible. I mean, I mm-hmm. I can't even imagine the the emotional ups and downs that you experienced you and 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 Sunoon through this entire process. So, I just wanted to collect myself honestly <laughs> before we continue <laughs> with the story because that all is 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 amazing incredible beautiful and um just wow thank you i think it speaks to how you're able to share it as well that it gave me opportunities for myself to work through your journey and work through what emotions it was either, you know, mirroring or reflecting or bringing up within me um but the fact, you know, how you shared it, I don't know, gave me the sense of like, I don't have to be irrationally angry and frustrated for you, or I don't have to like fly over to some private island and have some words (laughs) with someone, you know, like I don't have to do any of that. And, you know, I even wanted to get caught up in like, but how and why were they even able to, what loophole is this? What corporate nonsense? And like, I'm going into that, but like, does that really even matter? Because like what you said, once once that word viable and once heartbeat, you know, came into the scene, it's like all of that just kind of washes away. Um, Mm -hmm. And yet still such a, such a true testament to, you know, your strength of spirit and um, gosh, all of it. But yeah, I had my opportunities in your sharing as well. And I'm sure listeners, um, you know, right now, wherever they're at are probably having their like WTF moments or like, wow, or, (laughs) or seeing themselves in it. Like, I feel like I could feel some of myself in it, despite not having experienced any of the things you described. You know, I thought about who would I be in that scenario? How would I show up? You know, how would I feel? And um, it's just such a great point for introspection on, you know, who we are as women and mothers and owning and trusting our bodies and our decisions. So I just really appreciate what you offer just by sharing your story. Well, I I don't want to seem like I was like immediately zen over this. Right. Right. (laughs) Let me me clarify. So so if anybody else is experiencing this, they also know, like I was kind of like, I, I spent like three weeks in bed, mm-hmm. you know, just crying basically. Yeah. Um, and um, I'd say like, so I, I start working with this like shaman slash therapist. She's in Costa Rica and she's awesome. And um, she gave me this image um, like when I was working with her in, in the thick of like 
the the job drama and like just feeling sick from the pregnancy and I was I bled a long time too like so even though there was a heartbeat I was still like on edge because I bled for probably like a month and a half for like two months and um so it's kind of and even like at the clinic they were kind of like let's see you know even though there's a heartbeat let's let's just take it easy let's take it easy um so I always had like this awareness um but she did give me this this image um my shaman and she was like you know when a wolf gets attacked like they don't just attack right back they they leave they like go up a hill they find their pack and then they catch their breath and like the whole pack starts to breathe together. And once they've synchronized their breath, they go back, hmm. they go back to battle. So I basically like took three weeks to catch my breath wow. and like, I just let myself like lay there and be in it, <laughs> like, like be nauseous sure. and <laughs> avoid the kitchen, you know, cause every time the fridge opened, I'd be like, Bleh. but like, um, so I, I definitely took my time. I think like for time's sake of the story, it sounds like I was like, okay, I surrender. But like, no, like I'm, I was, I was pretty emotional too mm-hmm. about it. So I just want to clarify that like, I was pissed. I was sad. Mm-hmm. I was, I felt like victimized, but the journey that happened beyond like December like after those three weeks and like going into, I'm sure we'll talk about my tantric practice a little that I got into in this pregnancy that helped to heal. Like a lot of the wounds where now I'm like, I see it from a totally different perspective of just like peacefulness and like gratitude of like, Oh, thank God that happened. (laughs) Mm. Thank God I'm not at that job. Thank God I'm like on this Island that I love and not an Island that felt, too small and stifling for my spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So what was some of that influence and journey that brought you to the home birth path? So, um, I went like before I got pregnant, I had signed up for a year long, um, coaching certification in sex, love and relationship based in like the Taoist and tantric practices, um, with master teacher, Layla Martin. And, um, I, it kind of coincided like really perfectly with my pregnancy, the whole training, um, especially like the first trimester of the training was kind of a, close to my first trimester as well. So in the first trimester of this um, tantric training, I started to develop uh, a pretty deep meditative and tantric practice in my own body. Um, and not sure if you guys are like, um, practitioners of tantra are familiar with it, but a lot of it goes into like um, kind of using like a bottom-up approach of de-armoring and um, releasing trauma in the body through like somatic healing, through like self senses, um, and just using the body as like a portal to healing. And um, so I figured this was like the perfect time. I wasn't working. I was on New Island. I was pregnant. And um, and so I started, like, diving pretty deep into tantric practices. And in that, I was, like, coming head-to-head with a lot of my previous traumas, a lot of my um, previous stories that I'd been really attached to, and a lot of my shadows, which I used to, like, shun and be afraid of. So um, all of that work 
started to just completely heal, heal me from the inside out. And, um, my body started doing things that just on its own. And like, like, for example, like I would have these kind of like energy awakenings happening a lot. Um, and I think being pregnant also kind of like gave me a super highway to energy awakenings in my body because you're so full of like life and vitality and, um, you know, that mystery illness that I had had was like resolved, I think, um, because like I was just healing from this pregnancy so deeply. And, um, and so I was kind of like on this super highway of energy and, um, I would notice my body would just on its own, like when it was having an awakening, it would start like shaking or quaking, like without me controlling it. You know, usually I'm pretty heady and like in meditation and I'm like, Oh, now I should breathe this way or now I should move this way, you know, but no, it was all just happening on its own. And the more I trusted that my body had this wisdom to awaken, the more I began to like align with the idea, like, why do I think I need like all this, like, cause I was so scared at the beginning. I was very on board with intervention, like very on board with hospital intervention. And so I was like, why do I need all this hospital intervention? My body has like this deep primal wisdom that's awakening on its own without me even forcing it just through breath and just through um, awareness. And I I feel like I'm like aligned with home birth. And luckily I had a really intuitive doula that I was working with off the bat. I knew I always wanted to have a doula to help me navigate the hospital. And as I was talking with her more and more, um, you know, in our prenatal meetings, she was also planting the seeds of home birth in my head because she had had a, um, I ended up using the same midwife that she had used for her birth. And um, yeah, so she was like, I think you're a candidate for home birth because I was still on the hospital track at first. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to labor at home until I'm ready to push. And then we'll go to the hospital. She's like, um, I think you want to be at home. I was like, oh, maybe. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of like the journey to like getting into alignment with that idea that like I had the power I had the primal wisdom. And then the more I got aligned with that notion, like the more I realized like the hospital to me was just not, it just didn't feel like the right fit. It just felt like, like if I had any anxiety at all with pregnancy, it usually came when I thought about like, Oh gosh, I have to go to the hospital. And like, I just really didn't want to be in the hospital. So, um, so yeah, I ended up, changing my mind like I think I was about five or six months pregnant at this point like I was pretty pretty deep into the pregnancy when I was like okay I should probably get a midwife so and what conversations um were you having with Sunoon as you were you know becoming more connected with your body and and believing and, and seeing that you could give birth at home what were the conversations like between the two of you because he's from Maldives and he was born on like an island with who knows how many people, like a hundred or something. Everybody's home birthed on that island. Like I'm pretty gotcha. sure his, his aunt was like a midwife and all of his brothers and sisters were born at home. And, you know, so to him it was like, 
when I mentioned it, he's like, okay, yeah. And I think I had shown him um, a little bit of like, what's that, that movie, the business of being born or, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I had shown him some of that, like in the hospital stuff and that, and then he was, he's like, yeah, let's do this at home. <laughs> you know? So for him, I think it was not quite as big of a leap. Um, and he's the kind of guy that I think he just looks at my crazy and he's like, all right, what is this <laughs> what I got into? <laughs> Like he's not really into like energy work or yoga or spirituality or any of the stuff that like really like makes me excited. He's more into like he's you know day trading and hanging on the beach and um <laughs> and so I think when I had like another like crazy notion, it was the same thing as like hey I'm gonna go live in an ashram for a month. Where he's like okay <laughs> you know he's like go do it. <laughs> so um so he was like um. Yeah, so he was pretty supportive from the get-go. He's like, whatever you want to do, it's fine. As long as it's safe, you know, let's, let's do it. That's awesome. Yeah. So then making the switch, what was it like, you know, in those last couple of weeks or even leading up until birthing time? Mm-hmm. Bliss. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolute bliss. I think because... Uh, like even all the nausea and like the swollen feet at, at the end. And um, I just celebrated it because the beginning of the pregnancy, I was grieving so heavily and wanting it so bad that every little feeling I had that connected me to, to Liev, um, I celebrated it really. And I was, like I said, on like the energy super highway. So even though I was like tired and, you know, I had all the same pregnancy stuff that every other lady has, like, uh, acid reflux and you know, all this stuff. And I was still teaching like quite a lot of yoga classes at that point. I think I was up to like 18 classes a week. So it wasn't like I was sitting around much. Um, but I loved everything. Like <laughs> I loved it. And, and when I was like feeling a little run down, I luckily lived on Maui, so I would just go, like, jump in the ocean and, like, float, you know, and mm. that was just, you know, sit in the sunshine or go look at a mountain and just to connect with nature in that way when I was pregnant was so amazing. So I was completely blissed out, mm. <laughs> like, weirdly blissed out. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. So then tell us about how birthing time birthday game day how, how that game started day. yeah so um that day uh i had actually um i was 38 weeks in two days and um i was pretty ripe and like everybody kept telling me like oh you're so active you'll probably have your baby pretty early and um my midwife as well was like she's a rock star. She's delivered like over 3000 babies and she's just been doing this for like 45 years, but she's just amazing. And she had kind of planted that seed too. She's like, I, I think I'd like you to have your baby uh, like two weeks early if possible, because you're really small. I'm like five feet tall. So she's like, I don't want you to have a big baby. I think it might be hard on your body. Um, so I had gone into like prodromal labor, like, 
probably at the end of like 35 weeks, like almost 36. And I had gone on like a little bit of bed rest, um, and which was more like couch rest and watching the office for like two weeks. So I was just kind of hanging out at home. And then I had at my 38 week check, um, that day I had, uh, checked with the OB in the morning. They still didn't know I was planning home birth. It was like a secret. Um, and, um, she was like, yeah, you're like ready to go. So if I see you next week, I'll be surprised. And then a couple hours later, I went to my midwife, uh, prenatal appointment and she asked if she could do a membrane sweep on me. And she was like, you know, if this works, you'll go into labor. If it doesn't, then no harm, no foul. And I was on board with it. I was like, yeah, cool. Uh, give it a go. And, um, within like 15 minutes of membrane sweep, I started having contractions. So it was pretty, it was pretty soon. And, um, but I had also been in like prodromal labor, like off and on for two weeks. So I had had several like kind of false contractions leading up to that. Um, so we, she sent me home with like my birth tub and, um, told me to kind of keep an eye on things. And she would call me that evening. So um, I took like a hot shower and the the contractions kind of stopped. I took a nap. She called me. It was about six in the evening. And um, I was like, yeah, I guess there was false alarm because uh, like I feel fine. And she's like, okay, well, let me know if anything changes. Hung up. One hour later, like contractions started consistently at like five minutes. And I was like, oh, maybe I misspoke. <laughs> I think I spoke too soon. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so I ended up, I didn't want to bother my midwife. So I called my, my doula and I let her know, like, I'm having like five minute contractions. And she was like, um, you know, watch another hour, hour and a half. Let me know how they go. So I did. And they progressively were getting like closer together and very consistent. So um, she ended up coming over. At this point, it's like nine in the evening. And, um, I think I was like, my contractions were like four and a half minutes or four minutes apart and like consistent. Um, so early labor to me was, I was really blissed out in early labor. Like I felt really, really good. Um, I was breathing deeply through my contractions again, like a lot of my tantric training, I was like incorporating into the breath work that I was doing with my birth. So I was staying like, uh, very deep in my breath. And, um, like the only way I can describe the early labor feelings was like, <laughs> I can be candid cause this is a podcast, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, okay. I felt like I was on like a ton of MDMA in the jungle, like <laughs> dancing in the jungle on MDMA. And like, um, I just felt like really high, like mm. really, really high. The contractions were, um, they were totally manageable in my opinion. They were intense and I would like stop talking when they happened. Then as soon as they were done, I would get flooded with like all these awesome like hormones of like, you know, like the oxytocin and the endorphins and like everything. And I really felt high. And I was like, whoa, I was like, well, if this is birth. That's cool. Like, you know, I was like, <laughs> I like birth. <laughs> I was like, I was easy. I feel high. So like, um, I was just enjoying time with my doula and enjoying time with my husband. 
Um, and, you know, we were like, my husband was super supportive and he was like dancing with me, not like jungle dancing, like slow dancing. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> it was, he was not in the ecstatic mode that I was in at that point. He was kind of so like freaked out. You could see like the whites of his eyes, but he was very supportive. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip top shape. Or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today. And view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. And, uh, and so um, he was really helpful. And then it was around 11 and I was starting to get tired and my duo was like, you know why don't you go take, take a rest? And, um, because it's going to, it could potentially be a long time. And I said, okay, no worries. So we all like ended up kind of going to sleep. And while I was asleep, I entered transition. So it was probably like, I woke up around midnight and I was like in, um, I was in transition at that point. And, um, then the whole thing changed. I was no longer on ecstasy. <laughs> like I was like, oh, this is first. Okay, <laughs> this is what they talked about. And um, I decided like I was gonna let my doula and um, and Sanun sleep a bit longer. And so I just went into the shower and um, and started to labor in there because that's like I just wanted hot water on me. And um, and I saw like my mucus plug was coming out and so I was having my bloody show and I I started to have these like feelings of fear like for the first time and I was like oh my god I don't know if I can do this and then I remembered like from Ina Mae Gaskin's book um that that was a good sign that I was scared so I was like no that's good <laughs> good to be scared that means baby is close like that means that we're we're getting there um so I ended up um laboring in the shower for quite some time. My doula came in. She was amazing. She was like massaging me with essential oils. Sunun was in the shower with me and letting me like um, hold on to him during contractions. And then at a certain point, um, it just got like too, like sensory overload for me. And I, I needed to get out of the shower. And, um, I, I came back to my bedroom where my doula had set up like basically the whole first scene for me I was I was uh my baby was um a little bit posterior presenting so I was told to like labor on this thing called I think it was like a cub or a cup it's like a half pillowy thing that helps you labor on all fours and um and I was just like very happy on all fours to be laboring at that point I mean happy as relative I was like I needed to be on all fours. Um, and, um, at around like 3am, my midwife came over and, um, at this point I really felt like the veils of labor were like pulled down over my eyes. And, <laughs> and I was like, I had like one foot in my body and like, I was floating above my body with the other foot or however that sounds. And, um, and I was just kind of like, in it but witnessing at the same time and just had no language anymore 
which was, I don't know. I, I still have the awareness that like, I thought that was cool. I was like, okay, this is intense, but this is like super cool as well. Like how intense this is. Um, and with each like surge of the contraction, I just kept visualizing it. Like I, I had read, um, I read a quote, I think, from like spinning babies that said, like, of course, it's going to hurt. The energy of God is moving through you. And I oh, really wow. loved th- that quote. And I love that image. And I love that idea of like surrendering to the pain and like almost seeing it as a doorway and the doorway is open time to walk through. And um, and I was like, uh, I, I would um, just visualize like this energy moving through my body and it would come like it would kind of happen like before I was even feeling it like my body would start to quake like much in the same way that it did with my like really deep tantric practices I would start quaking and and then I would start sounding and um and I would feel like I'm like pretty much riding this wave of energy like lighting up everything through my chakras and then like bursting out the crown of my head to wherever I was floating on the ceiling and then like, like raining down back on me um, and coming down the wave and, and turning into like a wet noodle. And so that was like, uh, I, I have no idea how many hours I did that for maybe like two. And then um, my, my midwife did a check for me. Like she put me on the bed and this was around like, I guess, probably close to like five in the morning and she did an internal check just to see where I was at and uh, while she was checking me my water broke and as soon as my water broke everything stopped like I felt like almost like uh, like there was like a like a high-pitched buzz or something in my ears and just silence like all around and my body just was like like just kind of and she's like, okay, now it's going to get really intense. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, cause then I came back into my body and I was like, I don't feel anything anymore. And, um, like she, this is one part of my birth that I had to like, kind of go over with her as well. It's like feeling like I was kind of told to push when I, I didn't personally feel ready to push yet. Um, which we talked about and I kind of like made peace with that. But she was like, okay, you're going to push on the contractions. And I was like, okay, but I don't feel any contractions. And she's like, well, what do you feel? And I was like, I don't know, some tickling. And like, that was it. Like, I felt like a deep tickle in my, (laughs) in my yoni. And then I was like, um, so I just figured like, okay, I guess if it tickles intensely enough, that means I should like push for this baby. So it was really hard because I just didn't have, I thought I would have like this primal, urge to like push like I saw like and I read all these stories and like women are like I just had to push out the baby and I was like I I just want to like kind of chill like I want to take a nap (laughs) 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 which I probably like and the Stephanie was my midwife in retrospect she's like I should have let you take a nap and then you probably would have like woken up and like pushed out the baby immediately but I ended up pushing for like two and a half hours and it was really hard. Like, it was really hard because I didn't feel like I understood pushing. I was like, oh, maybe I missed that yoga class on pushing. Like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't get it. So um, so I I pushed for like two and a half hours and it was very tiring. Um, his 
his heart rate, Leah's heart rate was like kind of dropping in between based on the position I was on. So, um, they put me on oxygen, which was fine. Like I had so much trust in my team that even when they're like, okay, his heart rate's dropping. I was like, they got this. <laughs> I was like, the baby's got this. Like mm. we all got this. Um, you know, I had like, I had always like part of my surrender to this whole birth process was, um, I just trusted my baby more than anybody else. And I was like, you know what, if he wants to be pushed into the world, great. I'll, I'll help him get pushed out. If he wants to be lifted into the world, like if I need to transfer to the hospital, that's what he wants. And I will support him there too. So I had like already entered into like this idea, like he's going to tell me what he needs and we're going to dance his way out, whatever way he wants to come out of me. So when they were like, we got to put you on oxygen. I was like, okay, that's what the baby means. That's what he needs. And I wasn't scared. Like, I was just like, okay. So I stayed calm, like, throughout um, this, like, the whole pushing, but it was really challenging physically. And um, at, like, eventually he dropped and engaged, like, far enough down. And he was so far down, they couldn't hear his heartbeat anymore. So my midwife, like, gave me, like, the look of God. And she was like, okay, you have one chance to get him out. Like he had kind of crowned it, but that was it. And she's like, you have one chance to push him out. We're not in the hospital. You can skip the next contraction if you want. Um, you can take your time, but you have to get this baby out. Otherwise we're going to, and she kind of like ended the sentence. Like, I don't know if she was going to say like, she would have to do an episiotomy or something. She came with like a whole hospital of gear the house too so I just took that really seriously Leah must have taken that pretty seriously and I had like one really massive tickle sensation and I was like boom like shot him out in like one push like a little spinner dolphin and like he, he had like flipped and spun and like was the right direction and at this point um like like I don't remember anything like I know he came out um, but I, like, I felt like I had, like, again, lifted totally out of my body, and I felt like I was on the ceiling, like, and I felt like the baby was on the ceiling with me, like, I felt like both our souls were, like, dancing on the ceiling, and what I didn't realize was at this time, he is, he was, like, very wrapped up in his cord, like, he was, um, like, it was around both arms, it was around his neck, so he was really tangled up, and, um, when they untangled him, that's when I felt like I heard him cry for the first time, like this deep, massive, like lion's roar cry. And I felt like I crashed into my body at that point. So maybe both our souls like boom, crashed back down together at the same time. It's kind of how I like to think of it. And, um, and then I just like relaxed and was so happy and like, I'm very blissed out. My husband was crying. And <laughs> like, he never cries, but he was crying. And it was, yeah, I was just so happy to hear him cry. That was like one of the visualizations I would do when I was pregnant, too. Was like, I don't really care like how the birth goes. Like, it'll go how it goes. But as long as I hear him roar like a lion at the end of it, I'm happy. And so I heard him roar. And I was so happy. Wow. Wow. Ooh, that's a lot of oxytocin. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of oxytocin vibes for your, your daily needs. 
I, I love yeah. the phrase crash into my body. Like mm-hmm. I, I could, I could see that. I could feel that, you know, you just, you're up there, you're, you're in the experience and then you hear him cry and it just becomes so real and just your spirit just reconnects with your body and just comes right, right down in crashing into it. That was, that is such a cool, very cool phrase. Yeah. Thank you. Mm, I just appreciate, you know, you shared with me when we were preparing for, for this interview that you just wanted to, um, give voice to your story, right? Breathe life into it and bring awareness to women um, all all over, you know, in this community who are listening that they have choice. And I just mm-hmm. hear throughout everything you kind of laid out for us, like your um, action in your choices, you taking your choices from the beginning, um, you know, and of course with its challenges and of course just letting things be what they need to be when necessary, um, but just owning your choice I feel like is really powerful and really beautiful yeah and I have to credit you guys for a lot of that mentality as well because I had been very like a religious listener to your podcast when I was pregnant um, because I found it very empowering Mm. and it was especially from the women who shared their stories where like they didn't get their home birth and and there was one I forget which um which interview it was, but it was one woman, especially where she was like, um, she felt like she was empowered in all of her choices all the way through cesarean. And I was so like inspired by that, that I was like, yes, like choice is everything. And as long as you are like standing behind your, like standing behind whatever, whatever happens, like kind of like radically accepting that, that okay this is happening now what do I do with it now where's my choice in this and being okay with it and like you know being empowered throughout it all and like avoiding that whole like victimhood I really picked that up a lot from like the empowerment of your podcast so I I do credit you guys for a lot of those thoughts as well that's awesome wow thank you for sharing that yeah I I love how you said that it's like you know these are the circumstances this is what's going on now I'm going to choose, like I'm still going to choose within what's, what's happening within, you know, the, the scenario that's I'm, that I'm being presented with within the cards, I'm still going to pick, I'm going to pick one, I'm going to choose yeah. one. So I, I love it. And I love how your story, you know, there was choice all along the way, even with all the things people were throwing at you, all the crazy stuff that was being shared <laughs> by some of the medical professionals and, and, and the people at the job and all that stuff. It just you just chose powerfully throughout it, and you know I I also I think back to what you shared at the beginning, wanting to just let everybody know that it was very challenging, and it was very emotional, and you wanted just to spend three weeks in bed, and you know there was a lot of fear, and all that stuff can absolutely come with your choice, but you're still mm-hmm. making your choice, and and that that to me is such an important part of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, like accepting, like if, if it is hard, like accepting, yeah, this is hard. Like giving yourself that permission to like, you know, I, I would often say like, okay, this is enough. (laughs) Like the present moment has enough. And, and I would be like, enough is enough. And like, I would just sit with like being enough with like whatever was happening at that moment, especially in those really challenging first weeks of my pregnancy 
I'd be like, okay, what I'm experiencing right now is enough. And I'm just going to be here with it and like not worry about next or past or what, like, I'm just going to be like with this because that's just enough for me. And I think that's another, like, that was another thing that I learned like very deeply in this pregnancy was like, just the acceptance of like, when it's hard, it's hard. And that's okay. Like it's okay to like be sad and it's okay to be sick and it's okay to have emotions that like go from bliss to anger to whatever, you know, because it's all going to, it all gets awakened in pregnancy. I think especially like you're hypersensitive, you're hyper aware, you're hyper full of life. So, um, and it's all good. Like it's all, it's all part of it. And I want to throw in there as we're wrapping up where people can go to connect with you and learn more about you and the other awesome things that you're up to. So could you share that? Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. So I have an Instagram feed that's probably like my most current. Um, and uh, that's Bex Wellness, uh, B-E-X underscore wellness. Um, so they can find me on Instagram there. And um if you want to connect on my website, which needs to be updated, but you can go to sexwellness.com, E-E-X wellness.com. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll include links to that in the show notes. Yeah, we will. We will. Cool. And can you just quickly share how your birth experience has impacted the work that you do? Because the work that you do is, is really awesome. And um, I, I know that everything you experienced through the pregnancy and, and birth um, has, you know, really, uh, well, to use the same word again, impacted your work. So can you just talk about that real quick? Sure. Um, well, I, like I had mentioned, I was, um, enrolled in a coaching course for, uh, to become a sex, love and relationship coach, um, based with these tantric practices. And I, am now working with my second year of this program because I put it on pause to have the baby. So I'm back in the program again and uh, really focusing on how to empower pre and postnatal women with these practices to have like an ecstatic birth experience and a conscious parenting experience. So I'm, I'm still teaching. uh, I do teach like, baby and yoga classes and prenatal yoga classes where I also like try to thread in some of these ideas. But yeah, that's pretty much what I like my, my main vision of how to, you know, support women and support husbands and couples and families and with these energetic practices and breath work and movement and healing. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I definitely encourage everybody listening to, you know, go check out Becca on Instagram, go check out her website. And like Sarah said, we'll have links to all of this on the show notes page on diahpodcast.com. I had to remember. Yeah, what, that's our website. What's our website again? Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're done now. You can go relax. <laughs> uh, Becca, thank you so much for being with us and hanging out, sharing your story. Um, we really appreciate you and to Liev and to Sanoon. Um, just so much love to you all out there on the island. And we have to come visit you. We have to do yeah. doing it oh, at yeah. home, Hawaii style. Oh, yeah. I want to oh, float yeah. in the ocean. I want to do yoga on the beach and uh, do all that stuff. So And so it is. And so it is. I have an umbrella waiting for you. Yay! <laughs> love it. Yes. <laughs> awesome well, thank you so much Becca yeah thank you guys 
quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.